is now starting to get a little bit more you know a, a, a little bit more uh, uh, aggressive because at the end of the, of the end at the end of the first round Rafael Asensio comes in with a flying knee or something like that and Cody Garbrandt kind of like shakes it off um, so Cody Garbrandt already knew that at the end of this round if he backed up against the cage Rafael Asensio was going to come in a little bit aggressive looking for something and he said that he heard his corner saying that he's biting on the dip and when he dipped you know when I dip you dip we dip And we're back. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Round One Podcast. I'm Joshua. It's your boy, Lou. Uh, just a little house cleaning at the uh, top of the episode. Just want to let everybody know what's going on. We're making some changes here at the Round One Studios. Um, Mondays are going to be drop days for uh, anything anime, Marvel, DC, movie, not quite, not quite cult classic related. Um, Wednesdays is going to be dedicated to UFC episodes and Fridays is going to be dedicated to continuing the conversation episodes. So what that means is if your UFC is not your thing, some of the feedback we've gotten is, uh, Hey, UFC is not really my thing. Well, then, uh, you won't have to tune in on Wednesdays when you see our podcast drop, uh, excuse me, our new episode alert come out on, uh, Wednesdays. You don't have to you know, you, we're, we're not going to force you to even listen into the first 20 seconds. It's fine. No harm, no foul on our part. Um, Mondays is going to be like, like we said, we're just going to put that to everything not UFC related. And then uh, Fridays is going to be everything with, you know, progressing the culture and the movement, um, progressing knowledge and information. So um, anything for that, Lewis? No, 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 no. All you non-fight fans, don't tune in on uh, on Wednesdays because I'll be talking about uh, non-fight fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, seeing how today is a Wednesday, um, let's talk fights. Oh, I love it. I love we it. We have a lot to catch up on. Yeah, uh, we do. See, see if we can keep this tight and professional. Uh, so y- we haven't spoken since uh, May 30th, uh, you know, the as far as fights concerned. Um, that was Tyrone. The headline was Tyrone Willie versus uh, Gilbert Burns. Um, what well, we got three highlights from this fight that we want to talk about? Yeah, pretty decent uh, fight night. Can't complain. Uh, you know, never looked a gift. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, they gave it to us for free, uh, so we accept it. But um, yeah, about three fights uh, that I can take off. That was you know that stood out to me. Number one of that fight was uh, your boy, the Native American Brock Weaver, who came in with all the aesthetics to look like a a darn. Uh, uh, I don't know, Josh. You can give me one of the Native American names, and then I'll throw Warrior on the end. Go ahead. Sitting bull. Warrior. That's exactly what he looked like. <laughs> Comanche. Warrior. Um, so, uh, and then he came up against Apache uh, Warrior. He fought uh, 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 Roosevelt Roberts, who, I mean, body type for the lightweight division. Uh, amazing. I thought that he was a welterweight. Long, tall. Uh, rangy fellow um, and he really just put the pieces to Brock Weaver stayed on the outside continued just you know just just moving around the cage landing the hard and the heavier shots and uh, ended up securing a second round submission I believe via guillotine I mean a, a rear naked choke yes but um, Roosevelt Roberts this was his second fight in the UFC I think he lost his first fight he lost his debut fight in the UFC but he is coming off of the contender series I think his debut fight he lost by decision if I'm not mistaken Uh, let me see if I can pull that up nah he won that fight did he? he won again Mm, Alexander Yaklovic go down one more Mm. his first fight in the UFC then right? third fight He's been in the UFC. Okay, so he's been doing his thing. So this is fourth. So what's this fourth fourth fight in the UFC? Roosevelt Roberts. Fourth fight in the UFC. And he's his won. second fight. He lost. Okay, and he's won three of two. Yep. 
Uh, all other ones coming by uh, way of decision. Am I correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. This is his first finish. Well, improving in the way that he is, um, and uh, getting you know a finish, capitalizing on the opportunity to be on the main card. Congrat- uh, congratulations, Roosevelt Roberts. Um, moving on, man. Did we have a character in Spike Carlisle? You know, mm. it's very rare yeah. when a man doesn't win the fight, but he's still the story of the fight. Yes, 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 yes. Um, the, I totally agree. Yeah. So, uh, Spike Carlisle, better known as the Angry Ginger. Alpha Ginger, but yes. Alpha Ginger. He seem like mm, an angry, angry Ginger. ginger. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, oh, anyway, man. the Alpha Ginger, he went off against uh, Billy Quarant- uh, Quarantillo. Um, Alpha Ginger came out the cage fast, hard, and aggressive. Um, I mean, he came sprinting across the cage with some Vitor Belfort like style, and then oh, what about the first kick? Plunt- Did you see the kick? Remember the kick? Yeah, yeah, I was oh, getting to that. I'm sorry, sorry, I then just I was got excited. That. Gosh darn it! Go yeah, on. yeah, you just. I'm sorry, I get so excited. The alpha not everywhere, man. <laughs> My goodness, keep it in the pants. Yes, came across the cage like Vitor Belfort with a plunging kick, something similar or reminiscent of Jorge Masvidal, not the knee but the kick that he did to Darren Till. Yeah, the one that ended um, up in his nuts. Just all the viciousness and Billy Quarantillo, to his um, to his respect, he weathered that storm and he 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 must have known. It must have been something that he prepared for. Um, I guess uh, Spike or the Alpha Ginger isn't one that usually gets out of the first round. Yeah, but, his style uh, is so does, aggressive. He's very winded. Hell yeah, his style is so aggressive. I don't think Billy Quarantillo thought that he was going to be able to manage that for three rounds, but he was like the he's 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 like a like like yeah, I don't know he's like part Clay Guida and and, and part yeah. Angry Ginger. What's that character? Isn't top? Clay in his? I think Clay's in his corner. I don't know. I don't. I, somebody was in his corner that we recognize. I'm not sure if it was Clay. Or I not, thought it though. was Clay that was in his corner. Now, I don't I think it was Clay. Yeah, it was somebody else. But I, it was somebody that we recognize in this corner. Mm. Yeah, he's like the he's like the love I saw child Clay of, that night. He's like the love child of Clay Guida and Carrot Top. Oh yeah, I would have. I'd have said um. Oh man, what's his name? I can't even think of his name. He, uh, Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben and who? You got to do two when you do a Clay Guida job. and Chris Lieben. Oh, Chris. Yeah, okay. See, because okay. Chris will give him the red. Yeah, well, see, that's the reason why I went with Carrot Top, because he's a natural mm. ginger, and he got real buff at one point. Remember? Mm. I think he's still freakishly buff right now. Mm. But nevertheless, yeah, Billy Quarantillo got that fight off. He uh, he ended up winning that decision. But uh, I'm sorry. The next time I see Spike Car- uh, Carlisle, the Alpha Ginger on the card, I'm tuning the hell in, my man. Yeah, he falls into my uh, Nico the Hybrid price category of it's just going to be a fun fight no matter which way it goes. Yeah, I think his style is called caveman style. If it's not, it should be. Maybe Neanderthal. I'm not sure. Mm. But he fights like he just fights like like he just lets his inner beast free. It's mm. it's very it's very free. He just needs to work more on his card so that he can at least let it go for three rounds and he would have won that fight if he could keep that that ferociousness for three rounds. Yeah, I mean he kept it up. He's he he kept the, the he kept it going, but yeah, by the second round he was so gassed. It was it it it, it, it was just yeah, will. It was just was yeah, 100% pure will. Um Ah man, it was a close decision though, but uh Billy Quarantillo definitely definitely did his thing. So then, from Spike Carlisle, we're going to skip the co-main event. No disrespect, uh, Blogavoy, but you let me down. Uh, to the biggest, most amazing disappointment of a fight there was. Oh, my gosh. Tyrone Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. Josh, I'm going to ask you to set the timer because I don't, I don't, I don't even, even want to. Um, timer <laughs> commencing. You got two minutes, Louis. Thank you, sir. Um, Say your piece. Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. I waited for Tyron Woodley to return ever since he lost his championship against Kamar Usman. I watched the videos of him training on the beaches of Thailand. I watched him hit pads with different fighters and seeing all of the different fighters that he brought out in his camp just edging you know not edging because that sounds like masturbation without coming but uh uh just you know swords sharpening swords you know what i mean just constantly going at it in the trenches battling and i just believed with everything in me that tyrone woodley now refocused not rapping not doing all this other stuff not making movies but a refocus re-energized reinvigorated tyrone woodley would be damn near unstoppable the beast that put an end to the legacy that is robbie lawler with one swift punch came in on a on a Saturday night against a young Gilbert Burns and did absolutely dog shit. He didn't do a damn thing, not one thing. The same exact fighter that was there or that he said wasn't there on that night of the Kamar Usman fight was not there on the night of the Gilbert Burns fight. Uh, the only thing that I that even pissed me off even more than that disgusting display of heart was uh 
the fact that he said he was pleased with everything that he left in the octagon. Tyron Woodley, you didn't leave not a damn thing in the octagon because you didn't bring not a damn thing with you to the octagon, Tyron Woodley. You left your pride, your heart, your balls, your power, your striking, your stamina, everything, all skills in Thailand. And I don't understand why. Um, not to just, you know, harp on Woodley because I was one of the people that was online defending Woodley tooth and nail uh, because I thought that 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 last fight against Kamar Usman was a fluke. But, yeah, and I didn't agree with you. Yeah. Um, but Let I, the record know, it's, yeah, I did not agree with Lewis. It's hard to say that it wasn't a fluke. I mean, right now, Tyron Woodley is the fluke, and I don't know what the hell is going on or, or, or why it's going on, but... Um, if he if he's not going to get, ever get it back, then he should retire because he's destroying his legacy, and that's where I will leave it. Boom, boom. Two minutes. Kept it close. Um, I have nothing more to say. I do like I, in both fights. I definitely agree that he didn't show up. Um, I definitely agree that the performances he had put on before they weren't there. Um, I okay. You know what? Because lately, and we'll probably get into it later we've been the you know the the veil behind the curtain has been lifted often enough we've been getting sneak peeks back there if i had to say it tyrone woodley after the damian maya fight he got no love from dana for you know he there was just no more love from dana and before the fight there was already tension between you know the two dana wasn't a big fan of him at all um i i honest to god think with the peek behind the curtains lately I think Tyron, um, he's just going to fight his contract out. He's not going to do what these other people say. He's not going, you know, hey, release me, release me. He's going to fight the rest of his uh, fights on his contract, and I think he's done, um, at least with the UFC. I, I think he's, I mean, to be honest, to go in that cage, put everything out there, to, you know, do what you can the, the best that you could. You survived Damian Maya, and to get disrespected the way that he did like Dana disrespected him the way you know like not to get political but the way Trump disrespects his own cabinet members right you know it's just it's just equal there yeah um it's just unnecessary so I I don't blame Tyron for taking a quiet road just coming in getting his money and going there was a fighter that had tweeted I can't remember who it was at this point I'm really trying to remember but he he said that uh you know Tyron was just there to get a check Uh, Kobe Kobe Covington okay Kobe Covington wow that was the one white guy I purged from my thoughts but yeah he he definitely said like um you know Tyron was just there to get a check and Part of me, when I first read that, I said, I don't think I can disagree. Like, that was just, that was just a guy who came, like, all the stuff from his promo, it never came into the ring. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. And I would agree. That's my two minutes. (laughs) I agree with you. That is a guy that looked like he just came to show up with a check. And to, um, just to add on to that thought, because I thought, you know, it was good that you brought it up with the, um, the Dana White, um, aspect of it. Dana White, he did not show any love to um Tyron Woodley uh, after that after that uh the Stephen Wonderboy Thomas number 2 fight and the Damian Maya fight and it's sad because on the flip side you know you see uh a Floyd Mayweather or George St. Pierre later on in his career even John Jones recently um you know winning by any means necessary in a sense you know what I'm saying protecting their belt and, and doing what they got to do to win but you know why not show them? Why not show Tyron the same love and the same respect that you show somebody of a Floyd Mayweather? You know what I mean? I mean Floyd is yeah criticized for not you know being a knockout artist, but still you respect him as the tactician. He is, and in that fight they was highlighting everything Tyron wasn't doing instead of saying, "Oh man, wow, how impressive is it that he you know stuffed yeah. twenty five takedowns in this fight?" You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, yeah. Wonder Boy, we knew the reason why that fight was the way it was, and then he came out and fought Darren Till and put him on his ass and then submitted him, you know, shortly afterwards. So I, I agree, man, that the, the, the love the love is lost. Um, he, he expressed uh, desires to go up to the middleweight division, but I, I don't want to see him fighting anybody. I wouldn't want to see Tyron Woodley fight uh, fight his fears at this point. Mm. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of times where stuff from outside the cage comes in the cage and it messes with a fighter. I'm, I'm no, you know, I'm not ignorant of that, but... Um, it just sucks when, uh, you know, the fighter that, you know, Lewis likes to talk up a lot, you finally get to watch him fight, and it's just, 
it's not the same. And then yeah, I mean Woodley wasn't even Woodley was never even my guy. I mean I you know like. I like him because he, you know, he was, a, he was a brother in the time where there's not a lot of, you know, brothers in MMA at the top. You know what I'm saying? And you know, the power was there. He, he, he. You know, he. I became a fan of him when he beat Robbie Lawler because I was a fan of Robbie Lawler. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of was like one of those things. Not more or less a fan, but I respected him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know what I, I have. I can't. I can't. I listen. When it came down to Donald Cerrone and we was making the call for Donald Cerrone versus Anthony Pettis, I told you, I can't defend a man that gets finished with shoulder strikes. And uh, Tyron Woodley, no, he didn't get finished with shoulder strikes, but I can't defend that shit. I can't defend Tyron Woodley, and I won't try. can't defend a man that doesn't fight back. Yeah, I won't try. I won't even try. So that's it. You know, Tyron Woodley, to me, Tyron Woodley is a retired fighter that's still active. Um, And if... If 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 you know if there's anybody that has anything different to say, feel free to message you know us at the uh, anchor fm slash four slash round one, um, and uh, you know Woodley, if you got a problem with it, then fight, bro. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it was it, I I tuned in because I I was waiting to see you know him come back and and show greatness and then maybe make the you know the fight for Kobe Covington and then you know eventually go on to you know. Fight George Masvidal for the belt after George Masvidal beats uh, Kamar Usman. In my mind, in my little world, that's the way it went, mm. and it didn't go that way. So, you know, hey. so now uh, that catapults Gilbert Burns up to the number two spot, and Dana is talking about um, he's going to fight Usman. Yeah, the, that catapults, and and, and that, that catapult didn't come just from that fight because uh, Woodley, he might have been number two at the time, but. <sighs> That 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 came from the negotiations between Kamar Usman and um and, and Masvidal. So I don't I don't understand Masvidal. Masvidal at one point said that he uh, that he uh, told the UFC told the UFC that he was you know accepted the fight that they were saying that Kamar Usman was asking for too much money. But all along, I guess they didn't want to pay Masvidal what they were saying they were supposed to pay Masvidal. I, I don't. I, it's a lot, like you said, behind the curtain stuff. It's a lot of stuff going on behind the curtain in that situation. But I, I hate to see it affect the fights because that's what the UFC is known for. The best fights mm. happen. The best fighters mm. fight the best fights. You know what I mean? So on to this past weekend's fight, UFC 250. Uh, headline was Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. I'm just going to run through the uh, the prelims real quick. We had an amazing knockout from uh, Maki uh, Pitolo against Charles Bird, second round. We had uh, Cody Stamman honor his brother, um, whom he just recently lost in a decision victory over Brian Keller. Uh, we had the um, formerly incarcerated Ian Heinz. Uh, take on and knock out Gerald Mershaw that in dude, the first round. That dude Ian Heist looked like the uh, the Russian villain on 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 the Rocky from the Rocky movies. That's interesting because I think he might be German. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant, German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he definitely looked like a villain. You know what yeah, I mean? He was no just no doubt. Big. Even when he, even the way he talked, <laughs> yeah. um, like. Only brought up his incarceration because he did. He definitely. I didn't did. know he, he brought, was incarcerated. He brought and it, it up actually twice. scared me a little bit more. I was like, hmm, okay. Why did he go? Can we just explain his backstory? Right. I, I I agree that he's on the up and up. I just want to know his backstory. Um, and then the uh, main event of the prelims was Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper. Um, Chase uh, definitely showed he's got a long way to go. He's 20 years old, yeah. but he definitely has to work on his stand-up game. A little Askren. Um, young, young. Yeah, a little... Baby boy Askren. Baby boy Ben. Yeah. yeah shout outs yeah. to uh shout outs to Caceres, you know, for recognizing he's a gatekeeper right now and not accepting his role and, and saying that he wants to fight and do more. I would love to see Bruce Leroy climb the ranks. Um you know, hopefully he can just put it together. He reminds me a lot of Tony Ferguson in the way he speaks mm. and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. He just needs another element to his game. His stand up is 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 great. He doesn't have enough power for it to be finishing, so he needs to be able to start relying on uh, submissions or something else. He needs another element to his game that where where he can start getting getting some finishes and, and threats. You know, getting yeah. some threats make yeah. more make bigger. You know, cause more of a threat during the fight. You know, what I mean, a lot of these guys I don't think uh, consider his striking, even though it's difficult to understand. I don't feel like they consider it a threat, and that's the reason why he ends up losing by the uh, split decision a lot of times because they end up just pushing forward and draining him at the end. But um, Alex Caceres, you know, keep on going on, man. Good job to you. So we had uh, for the main the main card. You had um, you started off. This was a mainly a bantamweight card. 
Um, you had three bantamweight fights and one welterweight fight. So uh, the first one was Eddie Wineland, uh, the former WEC uh Bantamweight champion, and then um, he went off against Sean O'Malley. Uh, Good lord! Welcome to the Sugar Show. Yo, that's, it was that's really a, his, that's all I got. It man. was his legitimate like, first test. Like it definitely was. He went up against a true veteran, um, but he made it look unbelievably easy. I I can definitely say I've never seen someone. Uh, he he faked a left. Think a right uppercut and brought the right uppercut over and knocked him out. But it was so swift and smooth that if they didn't show the slow mo replay, I wouldn't have known what I just saw. Yo, it was like he it, it was, was like he froze Eddie Wineland in front of him and then he just punched Eddie Wineland in the face. Like yeah, Eddie just got confused like for a second and just froze. Yeah, like the the, the two faints threw him so off he just froze for a split second. Cause it's like you see the fight going, and then it, right before the knockout, they get into this interesting scramble where it's like, uh, I, I think um, uh, Sean O'Malley he throws a spinning back kick, and Eddie Wineland ducks underneath of it, and yeah. and then Sean catches him with a punch. But so it's like it's like a little bit of chaos going on at this moment, and then it's like a moment of stillness, and then a knockout. It, it was it, mm. absolutely incredible. Yeah, Sean O'Malley definitely uh, stated that he's he he believes he's the greatest striker in the UFC uh, period. Um, so far, you know, like we said, this is his first test. He has shown it in the past uh, with his KOs. Um, I'm hoping to see uh, him being more active, especially with, you know, uh, a first-round knockout. There's very little damage for you. If he wanted to, he should be able to get back in in four months' time. Yeah, shoot, I, I, shoot I'd say three. Um, I, think, uh, I think not only from, from what he asked for, and the way that this pay-per-view played out, I think that big things is coming his way because he asked for an uptick in, com- in competition. He asked for a bigger payday, um, possibly a yeah. main event spot. So I'm like, you know, one, be careful what you wish for. But I definitely see the fact that they just put on three bantamweight fights and with Sugar Sean being in the conversation, and I definitely see them trying to move him up in competition and maybe give him a fight to allow him to break into the top 10. Definitely broke into the top 15 with that performance. Amazing performance, Sugar Sean O'Malley. I, I, that was really good. Next was uh, Neil Magny, who decided to wait 30 professional fights to come up with a nickname. Lord. And um, I think we both agree. Now, mind you, we like Neil Magny in the past. But there's just something wrong about this. Um, I I think Lou, you said he should be called Night Quill Nil. Oh yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. 30, 30 fights, and he came up with the Haitian sensation. Um, and then he came out and put. Every, me and you was on the phone watching it, and I was watching. Put it with us my, to sleep, with just my not wife. his opponent. He literally put everybody to sleep besides his opponent um, but he lulled his opponent to sleep like the guy was so bored and so normalized in front of him he was just like you know it was nothing to do so the first nickname I gave Neil was Neil Normal Nagley Magley because I just <laughs> didn't think that uh, if you're going to wait 30 years to give yourself a nickname it better it, it better describe you pretty well and from that display uh, Neil Normal Nagley Magley is, uh, is, is one of the nicknames that, that I came up with uh, well, yeah NyQuil yeah, Neil yeah uh, <laughs> Tony Tony <clears throat> Tony Rocco Martin he should, he got normalized. Yeah, he definitely got normalized. He definitely got um, normalized. He came in there angry me, and wanting to fight but you you can't you can't like with Neil. One one thing that irritated me in that fight was that um every time Neil threw a lower uh, a, a low kick Martin would put his arms down and walk backwards which was walking into Neil's power hand. Um, you said power kick, but because he just threw the kick, um, the instantaneousness for that punch was right there, and he just never capitalized on it. And that that upset me from both a fighter's perspective, a, a fight IQ. I'm not a fighter, I understand that, but from a fight IQ perspective, and from you know your corner's perspective, like that's your corner's job to see that. Yeah. If Lou and I can see that from the couch, I mean your corner should be able to see that from the cage. Yeah, I mean he continues. Uh, uh, Anthony Rocco Martin continuously walked into his power side, mm. um, and but Neil is so jumpy and so 
it just seems so unsure of himself, or he doesn't want to get knocked out so bad. Like everything that Rocky, that Rocco Martin threw. Uh, Neil reacted to it And not only mm-hmm. the feints But even when Neil Had him stunned And he would hit him Neil automatically Dropped down for that double leg Because he was just So nervous Like he wasn't even looking At his punches yeah. It was just like Punch punch And he jumped You know it, it Just the, the lack of confidence I don't know You know What's he been up to He's been in the fight game For a long time Um I, I, you know, I don't know. Neil is who he is. Um, I'm just at this point, I, I, I'm unsubscribed to to, to Neil Magley. Um, you know, I, I pray nothing but you know good stuff comes from him. But I don't give a shit if he was headlighting the car. I don't care who he was fighting. I'm not watching it. Yeah. So after that, we had um, Aljamain Sterling against Corey Sanhagen. Uh, Aljamain came in. This is the first official fight that I got to see of Aljamain. Um, like, Lou, you talked him up a lot. Joe Rogan talked him up a lot. I saw him on Joe Rogan's podcast. I didn't get to see his fight against uh, Pedro Munoz, which was this time last year. Um, and I didn't get to see his um, his fight against Jimmy Rivera. But I was real happy to, you know, I was getting excited. I wanted to really watch this, this guy get in there and do his work. And he definitely got it done. Yeah. Um, came in super jittery, not jittery, but um, precise and, 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 and like he came in like the alpha ginger, but controlled. Yeah, yeah, it was um, He had a chaos. lot of speed, a lot of movement, but uh, very controlled. And he, I can't even remember the scramble that led him to take in Corey Sanhagen's back. But he took Corey's back standing and, and just worked for that, um, beautifully worked for that submission. Yeah, as soon as he got him in the clinch against the cage, he became a human backpack. He uh, mm. he jumped on that man's back. And Corey Sanhagen <laughs> said, I know Aljo has a lot of pride, but pride's not going to get you the championship. You know, I'm, I'm going to show Aljo that there's leagues between us. And I mean, in, in the matter of a minute and 28 seconds, Aljo had uh, Corey uh, Sanhagen congratulating him, talking about go win, that, uh, go win that title shot. You know what I mean? Go win that championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just complete... Jiu-Jitsu brilliance um, on the part of Aljamain uh, Sterling. Um, shout out to Matt Sarah, Jiu-Jitsu, um, and Ray Longo and Long Island. Uh, those guys, they, they, they put together a hell of a camp and, uh, and it shows. Um, that was a great fight. That was a great show. That's exactly how you say, I want to be in line for the championship. A long time ago, me and you said, uh, I think it was like last year on the podcast, me and you called for the Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan fight. We yes. thought that that could have been the number one contender. But now that you have yes. a strip of the title, I think, and i you know like to see what your opinion is, but I think after watching Aljamain Sterling do that in that way that you scrapped the Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo fight and you made Aljamain versus Peter Yan for the, um, for the uh, uh, vacant 135 I understand what you're saying. Um, I I would change it. I would put Jan versus Aldo um, to fight Sterling for the vacant. Um, and I, but I also wouldn't be mad. Like as long as to me personally, as long as Aljamain gets the next title shot after that's been hashed, that's all I truly care about. Um, he doesn't need to fight someone else. He just needs to fight the champ next. Yeah, and it's, and, it's, and since there's a strip, there's no reason for any type of rematch. Nothing like what's going yep. on in the in the um, featherweight division and flyweight division with yep. Joseph Benavidez getting a rematch against uh, Davison Figueroa. Um, so there's, there's as long as there's no, you know, nothing funny, no, nobody missing weight, and only one person being eligible to win the belt or anything like that. As long as we don't have any, you know, issues like that, I don't see why Aljamain Sterling doesn't get the next shot. I think he should get this one because uh, Jose Aldo hasn't done anything in this division yet, but I think he beat Hanato Moicano in this division. But um, that's about it. So, you know, I think he should get the shot. But um, I know I understand that Aldo's a champion. Aldo has been a champion. He's a legend. And if you want to, uh, if you want to um, really validate a champion's reign, uh, you you know you take out Aldo first, and that really that that, that shows that you're yeah, a and, and, champion. I definitely agree that you know what I I would I would retract my statement. Um, Aldo, like they can keep the Aldo Yan fight. They can keep that. Um, it doesn't make sense to them um, because all right. So 
Marlon Marais is ranked number one. Mm-hmm. Aljamain Sterling is ranked number two. Right. Okay, Marais beat Aldo, you know, like on the books. Right. I understand us, because I agree that I thought Aldo won that fight, and that's why Dana White's rewarding him. But, you know, on the books, he lost. Right. Okay, well, Jan and uh, uh, Aljamain at a minimum, are coming off of a three-fight um, win streak. Right. At a minimum. At a minimum, right? Exactly. So that fight's bigger. Yeah. So I definitely retract my statement, and I agree with you. Um, that, yeah, they, they, they should they should scrap the Aldo fight. Like, I mean, sorry, Aldo, that's what you get for losing, and sorry, Marias, that's what you get for not winning, uh, you know, that's what you get for letting it go to the judges' scorecard. Yeah, I mean, right. And not doing enough that when you got the decision for us to actually believe the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so the co-main event was lit. Wasn't it? I mean, wasn't it? I mean, I already knew once I seen Cody Garbrandt with the with, with the with the uh, the Hugh Jackman Wolverine haircut. I already yeah. knew that we Cody was about Logan Garbrandt. Yeah, Cody Logan came out. I already knew we was about to get that fire from Cody Logan. Okay, I already knew he was about to get that fire. I need to cut a meme where I pick Cody Garbrandt's uh, face on on Wolverine's body. We're going to work that out. <laughs> but uh, I, I knew we was going to get some fire. But gosh darn, I don't think Cody Garbrandt could have told you this This is what he expected. Um, a lot has changed up. He decided to go uh, to do this camp in New Jersey. Shout-outs to Jersey. Shout-outs to Mark Henry. Shout-outs to Frankie Edgar and, all the, and, and that team down there, um, well, up here. So... Uh, he he came to Jersey and he did um he he did some work with him. Now we know you know Frankie Edgar and if you watched him, you know that Mark Henry is brilliant in mix, mixing together uh, high speed striking with um, wrestling transitions. And when you got a guy like Cody Garbrandt with a base from Team Alpha Male with the speed of a flyweight, you you, you know what I mean? It was just a match made in heaven. And um, Cody Garbrandt came out and he was just patient and 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 and, and collected. And he just looked free. He wasn't angry. You seen him smile. He caught a knockdown in the second round before before the actual finish, and he gave him the finger point. That finger point was so important to me because I think the last time I seen Cody Garbrandt smile and shake his finger was in the Dominic Cruz fight. That's the mm. best Cody Garbrandt I have ever seen. Is Cody Garbrandt in the Dominic Cruz fight? Um, and if he's if he can get emotionally back to that, then I know he'll be one hundred. But my. God, man, when he came in, uh, so it was the second round, uh, just to set up the picture, you know what I mean? They, they were going back and forth. Um, uh, uh, what's his last name? Asun Sao. Yeah, it, it slipped my mind. Asun Sao um, is, is now starting to get a little bit more, you know, a, a, a little bit more uh, uh, aggressive because at the end of the, the end, at the end of the first round, Rafael Sunsau comes in with a flying knee or something like that, and Cody Garbrandt kind of like shakes it off. Um, so Cody Garbrandt already knew that at the end of this round, if he backed up against the cage, Rafael Sunsau was going to come in a little bit aggressive looking for something. And he said that he heard his corner saying that he's biting on the dip. And when he dipped, you know, when I dip, you dip, we dip. When he dipped, <laughs> when he dipped, hey, yo, his hand was behind his knee, twisted back, touching against the cage. I like to think he gave himself a little push off the cage because I've mm. never seen a spring like this before. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo, he sighted this shot down from, from fist against the cage to fist against the jaw and smote mm. Hafiala mm. Sansao. I mean, when it came across, Hafiala Sansao, his head went up, his arms and everything went to the side. The man had a, his motor, his motor functions was off. He couldn't even sit in a chair. You know how bad you got to be knocked out when you forget oh, how to God. sit on your ass. I mean, no, 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 he didn't forget how to sit. He was still out. Yo, crazy. He made that man sit. Yeah, man. He was trying to go. He was trying to go lay back down. Yeah, he he still wanted to go night night, nigga. Hey, mm. hey yo, that was how, that's like that's like when you wake six up. Yeah, like exactly. Six, get up. Exactly. Six, get up. Exactly. Like, what it looks like when I wake my son Six up. did not know where he was at. Yo, beautiful comeback by Cody Garbrandt. Um, what do you think about this? Just to, you know, mix it up a little bit. There was a, I think Ben Askren tweeted out, I want to see, I want to see the next fight night um, with Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Cody Garbrandt. For the main you event, think, I, uh, I don't know. And Sugar Sean said, "Sugar Sean O'Malley said, who do you think would win?' You know what I mean? In the Witcham call, like with a right. question mark. And I, you know, it made me interested because he actually, you know, he actually bit back on it. But mm. 
I would not say that he's ready for Cody Garbrandt. I'm like, you know, he's a young prospect. He's a young kid. There's no reason why you should put him in the line of fire for that to happen to him. You know what I mean? I mean, Cody. Well, well all right. So look, this is who, this is who Sean has to fight. Right. Here's his picks: Rob Font, John Dotson. That's a good fight, John Dotson. Uriah Faber. No. Jimmy Rivera. No. Corey Sanhagen. No, he just lost. Dominic Cruz. Well, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I, I know. But I'm just saying he just lost on this card, so it wouldn't be. Dominic wouldn't be. Cruz. No. Pedro Munoz. I like that fight. That's the guy who uh, who just took the victory over Cody Garbrandt before this fight. Uh, no. So he, well, yeah, for Cody, yeah. Yes. Okay. But this is uh, he he beat Cody and then he lost to Sterling. He beat Cody, lost to Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, Pedro Munoz. So that yeah. would be that would be that would be good competition. He's at the top, but clearly mm-hmm. not at the top top. You know what I mean? What, yeah. What's but his ranking? I, I mean, what I gave you was the walk up from thirteen to five. So what's he ranked? Know? Number seven, Pedro. Uh, Pedro. No, Pedro's number five because he's got the win over Garbrandt. He's above Garbrandt. So when you look at because go ahead. no, okay. I, I was just saying when you're looking at when you're looking at a guy like. Uh, when you're looking at a guy like Sugar Sean O'Malley, I mean, if you're the UFC right now, it, the question is, do you need, how bad do you need a star right away? Because if you don't, if you don't need a star right away, right, you can you can take baby steps, and through the baby steps, you can avoid having to make big you know big changes in the contract right off the back, right. So instead right. of jumping him to number five with the Pedro Munoz fight, which I think is 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 good, is a good fight from good competition, I wouldn't mind seeing him against. Um, I mean, I like Rob Font, so I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I personally, or, I, I, you know, but I, would, I, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him against It depends that. on how much they like Cody, you know, like how much do they like Cody Stammen? Because Cody just won, right? Uh, he won, and then he he, he, he had a draw against um, Sun Young Dong. Yes, you're um, right. And, and Cody Stammen was so, on his card also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got he got the win over Brian Keller on, on the prelims. What's his ranking? So, Sorry. so that's the thing. Do you let Sean O'Malley continue to rise? If you do, what do you do with Cody? Or do you let them duke it out? Because they're ranked right next to each other, 14-15. I, I think he jumps Cody. I think he jumps Cody because of a... a well, no, he did jump Cody. No, 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 I know I'm, I'm saying. I don't like, even think you need to let those guys... Does, what do you do with Cody? Yeah, I think Cody just keeps going up the hard way. But I think when you finish, when you get a finish like... Uh, when you get a finish like Sean O'Malley gets a finish... Now you want to see it against legitimate competition. The only reason why I didn't say Jimmy okay. Rivera is because Jimmy Rivera right now has to rebuild. He's on a two fight lose. Exactly, he needs to rebuild his stock. He he was on he was on a good winning streak, and then he lost against Peter Yan, and then he lost to Al, uh, uh, Aljo. So, I mean, like if you go that route, there's almost there's nobody for Sean to fight. Like the only person that's not coming off a of, like. The only people not coming off uh, lower ranked that's not coming off of a losing streak or a, a, a loss is Rob uh, John Dotson and Rob Paul. Where's John Dotson like, ranked at? John Dotson is ranked twelve to Sean's fourteen, and Rob Font Rob Font is thirteen. So who's now, who's Dotson, ranked ten? Who's number ten in that division? Sorry, Uriah Faber. You just lost to Peter Yan. Uriah Faber's number ten. I just I mean I don't. Jimmy Rivera just lost to Peter Yan. Jimmy Rivera's number nine. Aljamain, I mean, Cody Sanhagen just lost to Aljamain Sterling. That's eight. Dominic Cruz is on a two-fight losing streak. Dominic Cruz is probably not going to take that fight. It makes no sense for him to. And then, then you got Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt, number five. Cody Garbrandt's number six. Number six. Who's number five? Uh, Pedro Munoz. So that so the rankings hasn't updated yet. But the the rankings is accurate, right? Because. Munoz has a win over Garbrandt. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that they're not accurate. I'm just saying I don't know if Garbrandt moved up since that win yesterday. Because um, yeah, Hafi Alasunsa was ranked number what three? Uh, Haf- I don't know what he was ranked. Uh, no, there's no way he was ranked number three because he's got three uh, three losses in a row. He lost to Corey Sanhagen, who is ranked. Uh, shoot, I just missed it. Ranked number eight, and he lost to Marlon Marias. And now he's lost to Garbrandt. So, I mean, he's fallen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, the John Dotson fight. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, he either fights Rob Font or John Dotson. 
And you said, um, and, and who's the one that just lost to, uh, uh, who's the guy that just lost by uh, choke against Aljamain Sterling? Uh, Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, n- let him fight Sanhagen. And Sanhagen's number five, and you're saying uh, you, Sanhagen's number five, and Cody Garbrandt's number, number Sanhagen's number eight? Yeah. Yeah, let him fight Sanhagen then. You know what I mean? At least let him break in number eight. That way he can get at least, you know, maybe I see him I see him about three fights away from a title shot. Uh, let him, you know, he beats Sanhagen, then let him take on maybe Cody Garbrandt by that time. And then if he win, you know, beats Cody Garbrandt, then you know, whoever maybe maybe uh, Aldo or something like that. I, I wouldn't mind like depending on what they do with Munoz and depending on if Munoz wins his next fight or not, I wouldn't mind seeing Sanhagen versus uh, and then Munoz and then you know, maybe, uh, maybe I give him one more fight just to prove his stock. Yeah, I give him. I mean, yeah, I like by then he has fights. proven his stock, but one more just to build that hype train yep. and put him against Marlon Marais. Yeah, yeah. D- depending on the, depending on the way, it's a lot of different I mean, we're factors. Twenty towards the end of twenty twenty one. Right, it's a lot of different but, factors going in. Like now, now, one of the things that he could do to step up, and you know, this would be a huge move. This would be a Conor McGregor style move. Is if they did scrap the Jose Aldo fight and did put uh, uh, Al Jermaine in there, if he stepped up and wanted to fight uh, Aldo on short notice underneath underneath of that card, so it would be Al Jermaine Sterling versus Peter Yan yeah. for the bantamweight championship. And then, yeah. you know, for the main co-main event, it would be, you know, uh, or one of the, you know, fights in that car, it would be uh, Aldo versus um, Old Boy, uh, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. I think that would be, now if you want to move up swiftly, there's no there's no faster way than that. You know what I mean? Or whoever's whoever's not getting that, that, that shot to try to see if you can take them. Um but like right now, like if Peter Yan and does in fact fight Aldo, there's no way Aljamain Sterling is going to let you mess with his shot, and I don't think he should. But uh, but if that you know if he does get beat out, that's the only way that I can see you know maybe that maybe that working. Uh, uh, even Aldo probably wouldn't be too privy to take that to take it unless they offered him you know some pretty good money because why take the chance when you're already in line for a title shot? But. Mm. It was a good fight. A good fight. Garbrandt. They, all three of those guys in the Bantamweight division did an excellent job in reinvigorating the Bantamweight division. Without a champion in that division, it has become one of the most interesting divisions in the UFC right now. And I think that's, that, that, uh, that speaks volumes to their performance and, um, and Triple C before he left. So now that takes us into Nunes versus Spencer. Um... I want to say off the bat, I'm going to give myself the timer real quick if you don't mind. Um, one, um, going in, we did feel like Spencer could be that Holly to the Ronda. Like, we did feel like that. Uh, God definitely told us no. Um, we definitely didn't want to hear that a couple times because we were consistently trying to bet on this fight. You know, I don't even know uh, if we thought that she could be the Holly. I think it was just the odds was just so the odds yeah, was just so it was, good. It was I a safe bet, but she had an opportunity. Like going into the fight, we kept watching the highlights, and we're like, "Yo, if they took it to the ground and she was, you know, she was fresh, she she has an opportunity here." You know what I mean? Like I can't. That, at least that's exactly how I felt. And I felt like, mm, this girl might, like, okay, she's not great. And I, and I know that for a fact. Like, she is just not great. But she has an opportunity. She she was able to uh, tough it out hard with Cyborg. So she might be able to pull something out here. But, um, yeah, the odds was way, it was, it, was, it was economically smart. I think at one point, if you bet $30, you got back 480 Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Pure economics It wasn't a serious risk And it was a lot of reward So um, I mean it was way better Than that dude That bet a million dollars Just so he could win 166,000 Yo but he felt real good Walking to the teller To get that 166,000 Oh well, obviously His <laughs> risk to reward Was ridiculous Easiest Easiest hundred thousand dollars Made ever So um, My timer's up But I'm just gonna say um, Amanda went five rounds To prove That she could go five rounds um, the, uh, she said that, and I believe that because there were multiple times where I saw she could just finish um, uh, Felicia, and she just she kind of really just chose not to. She showed that she could do a lot. She she um, you know, she took her down and everything constantly yeah. threw her around. Now she threw around a true featherweight. Everybody coming into the fight was like, "Well, Felicia Spencer, she's a she's a true featherweight." You know, she's not. You know, th- th- this is truly her division, and you know, she, Amanda Nunes said. Mine too. 
Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Should I start yours? I mean, listen. No, you don't even have to start it because I'm gonna keep it short. Um, Amanda Nunez. For anybody who said, you know. Whether or not she she was a true featherweight or not, that's crazy talk because we already seen what she did to Cyborg. And Cyborg is undoubtedly a featherweight, if not bigger. Um, but I mean, just one sided bruising, just just a just a, a horrific display of power and a wonderful display of heart on on her side, uh, on uh, uh, Felicia's side, uh, mixed in with a toss of foolishness, you know, a dash of of insanity because there was no reason why she was still fighting in the fifth round. Uh, it's so funny because in the fourth round, everybody's like, oh, no, you know, you know, should you call it off? It's getting one-sided. They're like, no, no, that was a 10-8 round, but there's not that much damage done. You know, she should be fine. And then it was like fourth round or fifth round, hematoma, boom, boom, yeah, elbow. It was like, oh, God, we should start thinking about saving the fighter, save the fighter. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, and and you could tell that was on Herb Dean's mind because once Amanda allowed, I want to use that word properly, allowed Felicia to get back up, um, you know, Herb was like, mm, time to bring in the doctor because she had her eyes split open. She still had the hematoma. So he was trying to allow Spencer, you know, a, a way to, to call it, her corner to call it. She's tough. Don't get me wrong. She's Definitely. tough. And, I, you know, we all appreciate her toughness. But, but who foolish. She's foolish. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, I mean... Lord, 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 Lord. But uh, yeah, Amanda Nunes did what, what, what was expected of her. I mean, I was definitely trying to um, to put that bet in because, you know, $30 and win 400 you don't get those odds often. And if there's any sport that can, that anything can happen at any time, it's definitely MMA. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, shout, uh, shout out to Amanda Nunes, you know what I mean? So, Successfully defending both belts. Oh, and you know, she, somebody else just successfully defended two belts too. They 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 put a tweet out there and had to remind everybody. Henry Cejudo defended both belts. Um, yeah, but not the way she did. Not the way she did. Not the way yeah. she did, but he did defend I was say, both he belts. He got the Bantam, he defended the Bantam, then he went up, but he never went back down. No, he no, yeah, he got the fly. Defended the fly. Yeah, the fly. Then he went up. He got up. the fly, defended right. the fly, went up, but he never went back down. Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah, he, just, hey, he just defended okay. and went up. Hey, Henry, we hear you. However, you're not you're not the king of two divisions actively bouncing between these divisions saying who want to fight where. Lordy, lordy. So what's next for so, Amanda Nunes? What, well, like, in the featherweight what, what, division, there's nothing because they said Megan Anderson, like, you know, she can't fight. Like, you know, there's nothing there for Megan. Megan's on a two-fight win streak, but the problem is she lost to Felicia, which means she would have probably had to fight Felicia to go for the Did title. Did she lose to JDR, too? Uh, I'd have to go back further in her history. Um, you talking about Aspen Lat? No, 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 no. I'm in featherweight. M- Megan Anderson. Oh, Megan Anderson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, she, she, she lost to Felicia Spencer, but she's been, she beat the, other, the only other two girls in her division. There's only five girls in that division, including Amanda Nunes. Right. So, you know, like, technically, yeah, Megan ain't got nowhere to go unless she goes back, fights Spencer, and then goes on to the title shot. But there's no one else to go for a title because everyone else is coming off of a loss. Um, and then the Bantamweight division, uh, rank two is Jarena Randomy. Nobody needs to see that again. Nope. Holly Holmes. Nobody needs to see that again. Nope. I would like to watch Juliana Pena go in there. Yeah, I would like to too because she has a great ground game. But uh-huh. Juliana um, Pena got to get a little bit more consistent uh, with her. And fighting. then Aspen Ladd. Right. True. Ju- really, right now, as far as names go, that's all you got in the bantamweight division. Like they're still trying to build up some of these other girls, but everybody's either got spotty histories with like win loss, win loss, or. I mean, the only other girl right here is um, Julia Avila. She got two wins. Oh, I know you're she's about. she's ranked uh, 16 though, so she needs to fight somebody. And before she goes up for the title shot, she got to break her way into the top five. Yeah, they need. To, or I mean, at top ten. They need to do another uh, another tough and start introducing some new. A tough talent. contender series. They need a tournament Something. for Amanda Nunes, yeah. and and they need to say, you know what. We'll make a tournament. We'll take we'll take the best performer out of the one thirty five or the one forty five to put up against Amanda Nunes. Yeah, 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 
something, something. Yeah, I think I think when you got the champion reigning over two different divisions, tournament style is probably the best way to figure out who you know what I mean. Who 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 is more impressive? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't you, two separate tournaments. The one that comes out on top, or the one that has the most successful record, fights Amanda Nunes. But at the end of this month, Aspen Lads fighting Sarah McMahon. Mm, yeah, I, uh, Marion Renau is fighting Raquel Pennington. She's ranked uh, number six. That's what's happening at the end of this month. It's crazy because every so other if female Aspen division. Wins, if Aspen wins. I mean, she's win loss win, so that will put her at win win loss. Yeah, and right, it's so easy to be. And able Juliana to doesn't. Her. Sorry, you Juliana know. doesn't have a. Um, she doesn't have a, a contract to fight right now. That puts Aspen one step closer to being able to challenge um, Amanda Nunes. Now they might do Aspen if Aspen beats Sarah McMahon. They might put her up against Juliana and let that decision go from there as well. Yeah, but that division right now, featherweight division. No disrespect to you ladies Is dead There's one There's just not enough people In the division There's not Yeah And And, <clears throat> and the only true fight For Amanda Nunes right now Is, is like An like interesting fight Would be against Valentina Shashenko But we don't want that right now Because Valentina is trying to create Her legacy in her division um, yeah. And her division is, is, is increasingly Is, is, is more uh Whew. Her division is hot right now. Yeah, her division is every other division. Every other woman's division is 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 way more competitive yeah. than Amanda Nunez's. I mean, um, like we got uh, Cynthia Cavello versus Jessica I. I think mm-hmm. this weekend, yep. um, which is I, I, I'm really excited to to see Cynthia Cavello fight. I really like Cynthia Cavello. Um, she used to be with Team Alpha Male. She's now with AKA, I believe. Um, so she's uh, you know trying to take her wrestling up to that next level. Um, and you're definitely going to need that against a Valentina Shashenko because you're not going to just beat her standing with her. And even wrestling, I've seen Valentina, uh, Valentina Shashenko submit Juliana Pena. So that ain't no easy day in the office either. Mm. But I am excited to see a, a fighter of her caliber be about to take her um, step up for a championship fight, you know, a possible championship fight. It's crazy because Cynthia Cavillo got into the UFC way after Paige Van Zant. Both of them started at Team Alpha Mel and look who's about to, you know, fight for a title eliminator and, you know, who we ain't seen in God knows how long. Uh, <laughs> I just seen this. I want to, I, I would like to see Carla Esparza fight Jan, um, how they, Zalnan, I think that's how you say her name. Mm. Um, they're both on minimum, you know, uh, MMA rankings only shows or ranking MMA. They only show uh, your last three fights. I think I might be able to change that. Nah. Um, but anyway, they show your last three fights. They're both on at, at a minimum three fight winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then whoever, because I think they said after Carla. After she got her one, I think they were saying um, who she might who she might fight next uh, was like that fight was another chance for the title. Do you remember that? Mm. No, that mm. doesn't. I'm not ringing bells. No. But uh, I think they had said that when she beat Michelle Waterson, um, she has a, a either Carla goes and fights Claudia Gadella. Um, but I mean, you got a couple girls in Who that. Who did we just have Claudia? Are, Claudia, not sorry, Claudia. Claudia just, just beat Angela Hill. Claudia she beat just Angela beat Angela Hill, Hill and Ronda Marco, and that was a very close fight. Um, yeah, Claudia's not finishing nobody. No. But then you got Tatiana Suarez, who was finishing she, people. She well, she finished Carla Esparza, but she went to decision against Nina uh, Ansaroff. Right, and then she finished Alexa uh, Grazo. The Nina Ansaroff fight was a was a good hard fight. They, she went to decision so, because that was that was they were just even. I mean, even and, and Tatiana's ranked number five. So, yeah. if you look at the top. Three, I mean the top four, they all got recent losses. So Tatiana might have a chance to go for the title shot, but I think they're trying to either give it to. It's going to be Rose. Uh, I think versus, they're trying uh, to give it to Rose. Yeah, it's Rose versus um, Rose versus uh, uh, Jessica Andrade, the rematch yeah. from the Slam because which one called called out Rose um, and uh, uh, Zhang Wei Li. She said she she uh, would want to fight Rose next because in the division she thinks Rose is the 
she thinks Rose is a better fighter than Joanna. Like she's like Rose is the real competition. Rose is the real person I want to fight. And if you're smart, it's better to fight Rose now than it is to fight her when she's mentally strong because you know that's the only thing that can break Rose Namajunas. Rose Namajunas is a world eater when she is on point. I think Rose Namajunas would be a lovely candidate to go up to 125 with the longness and the striking skills and the jujitsu skills or her uh, taekwondo background to go up and fight um, Valentin Shevchenko at 125. I think that would be a very amazing, interesting fight. The only two women um, to have wins over Joanna Young Jacek will be Saj Zhang Wei Li. But, you know, both of them hold uh, wins over Joanna Young Jacek, multiple wins over Joanna Young Jacek. So I think that would be a great contest. Um, hopefully they give Rose Namajunas the push. Hopefully she comes in fully focused and everything is aligned with her family, you know, in the coronavirus and everything is, you know, Back to you know, back to the way it's supposed to be. She can come in fully focused, re-energized, reinvigorated, and get this done. I want to see Rose Namajunas back on top, man. So, um, where do we go from here, Lou? Uh, well, you know what? Quickly, uh, that was the that was the breakdown. That was the fight stuff. That's my favorite part of the of of, of the whole thing, man. The whole kick and caboodle. I love the fight. I love to see, you know, two master martial artists clash inside of the octagon. But on the other side, on the business end, we got so much monkey business going on, and I don't want to bore you guys too too much with the semantics. But just to give an overview, we got so many different. Just to give you an overview, everybody's quitting. Everybody's fucking quitting, guys. Okay, everybody. That's the overview. Is quitting. No one wants to fight anymore. Yo, yo, quarantine has gotten everybody so damn stir crazy. The UFC is trying to keep everything under wraps, but the fallout with the Francis and Gano and John Jones fight not happening. John Jones seeking more money for the super fight, and then the UFC not Same wanting to for, negotiate. Uh, Same thing for Ngannou. Same thing for Masvidal because Masvidal trying to negotiate with the UFC on a big fight. He, he, Masvidal says he only got three years left. He wants to capitalize in the moment. Um, capitalize on the moment. And he wanted to get paid a little bit more than he got paid for his last fight because they did so well. Which doesn't seem well, he definitely doesn't want to get paid half of what he got paid for his last and fight And that's either. what they're offering because of the quarantine and because of there's mm -hmm. no fans in the crowd. So the fact that, you know, the UFC is the only brand that's still trying to put on fights, they're you know they're, they're, they're acting like they're operating as normal in a sense and the fighters is like okay I want super fight pay because they didn't work for it Masvidal did everything he needed to do to align himself up for a super fight come international fight week and because of funds and money they they're not trying to they're not trying to play ball and uh, everybody is tired of sitting around Conor McGregor wanted to fight Conor McGregor wants to fight um he doesn't understand why they're holding the Justin Gaethje fight into September versus Khabib when he's available now. He wants to fight. I think Conor McGregor should afford Justin Gaethje when he came back instead of fighting Con uh, uh, Cowboy Cerrone because that, that does nothing for you. You know what I mean? If you would have came in and fought Justin off the rip, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But that's neither here nor there. It's a lot of tough negotiating at the office for... Uh, for the UFC, what do you think that this means, Josh? Do you I think mean, we're in the And then the, the the biggest issue with um, Masvidal is going coming into this year, he hasn't fought. The BMF was his last fight on the contract, so I, there is like you know they're asking to be released, but you know that that's Dana's way of fighting back against you. Like, well, if you're not gonna make me no money, you're not making nobody else no money. Ask Frank Mir. You know, Frank Mir constantly was asking to be released, and they wouldn't release him until Frank Mir started saying, "You know what? I'm gonna talk. Nobody's I'm gonna getting start released. I'm gonna start spreading. I'm gonna start talking about everything on my podcast that's happening behind the scenes." And then they released him. Yeah, he said it straight up. But so, and he could do that because Frank Mir at that time was a falling star. It's no way in hell for any fans out there that think you're going to see John Jones in the Bellator I mean, ring. It's not happening. You could say I understand what you're saying there, and I agree with you. You could say what you, you could kind of say that about Frank Mir, but also though, like he, they, it, that 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 decision to release Frank Mir, that still took years to happen. Yeah, because it just so how just how this, just how much of a no shark thing for Jorge and, and especially Jorge just signing a seven fight uh, contract. We'll like, see what Jorge says. What Jorge said, which was interesting, in one of his tweets was. 
Because everybody was like, yo, if you signed the contract, why sign the contract? And then, and now you, you know, you're fighting against it. He's like, what you don't understand is I've signed the contract before my last two fights. He said, every single time before I fight, he said, when I first came back and they wanted me to fight Darren Till, I was like, okay, I'm going to fight Darren Till. But, you know, Darren Till is a former. You know, uh, like he just, you know, for, for a championship, he just, that was Darren Till's comeback fight against after the loss of Woodley. So he was like, you know, he wanted to get paid more than what he got, more than what he, you know, got paid to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thomas, I think. Uh, so they renego- so they had negotiated the contract coming in. You know what I mean? Um, and then after that fight, he was, they offered him the fight against Kamar Usman. This is his words. Um, they offered him the fight against Kamar Usman. Kamar Usman turned down the fight against uh, Masvidal when Cody when when um uh, what's that jackass's name? You know the one that, Covington. Yeah, Covington. When Covington went in and he did all the he made the Vegas tape on you know Dana White and all that other stuff and negotiations was falling out and that fight was supposed to happen in November. The Covington versus Usman fight was supposed to happen in November, but it ended up getting pushed back to December simply because of negotiations on Covington's side. So they offered Usman the replacement fight against Masvidal after the win of Ben Askren because that's that's the first time. When he first came back and he fought Darren Till, he didn't ask for more money. But against Ben Askren, he did, and they renegotiated his contract. So when they turned down the fight because the way that it was trending was if Ben Askren would have won over Masvidal, he undoubtedly would have got a championship shot against Kamar Usman because he was already, you know, Marty from you know Kansas and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? He was already seeding it. So um, once that fight didn't happen, Kamar Usman was like, "Nah, he don't want to fight Masvidal." And then he called back uh, Dana White and then was like, "Yeah, I'll fight him." But by then they already decided to go forward and take up Nate Diaz on his challenge and to make that fight happen. So when they made that fight happen, they added another fight on to Kamar on to Masvidal's. Uh, on Masvidal's contract, and he signed again. So every single fight, because his stock is continuously rising, they are adding a fight, and he they're giving him more money. So now he's like, okay, I want y'all to make me a new contract. And Dan is like, we already gave you a contract. And he's like, nigga, that don't mean nothing. I had a contract before all those fights, and every single fight, you've been coming to me with a new contract. And the way that you make sure that I don't ever go nowhere is that you add more days, you add more fights on every single time. So even though this star is growing, they're assuring that this star can never go anywhere else but where it's supposed to be. Um, you know, in the UFC. But it's 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 all due to the pandemic right now, I think. You know what I mean? I agree. I think it's all due to the pandemic. I think all, I think even the triple, well, the triple C issue is a different. Now, triple C, you know, we know he retired and I said it on the podcast. I think that that had to do with money. You know what I mean? I think, you know, he's tired of, you know, putting his body out on the line and not getting the, the huge paydays that he wanted. I remember triple C was going on for a long time trying to get a big payday fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he just decided to give it up because it, he sees that it's not happening. Um, I think he did get, Compensated well for the Dominic Cruz fight because you know it was kind of short notice and you know he took it during the pandemic, but I don't think he's making nearly the amount of money that he deems worthy, and uh, you see that because right after his retirement he accepts a fight against Ryan um, Garcia in boxing and he's asking Dana White to now release him from his contract so he can have the opportunity to go fight or to possibly set up a fight between him and Volkanovski. Because that's the only way he said he would come back. But I think everything stems down to money, man. Mm. And I think the UFC is kind of in the bind because they're trying to pay back. You know, you know, they they got bought for all that money, and now you're trying to make up that money. You're trying to make that money. You know what I mean? The company yeah, bought yeah, you yeah. for four. You're trying to prove mm-hmm. that evaluation. Yep, the company for, bought you, and they evaluated your company at that at that that four uh, point whatever billion dollars. Now they want to see they they want the proof. They want to see the return, and they don't care about pandemic or nothing. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. They want to see the numbers, but it just sucks that it feels like the UFC is doing a Rob Peter pay Paul type of thing with their fighters. You know what I mean? I, I don't give a damn. Lay off half the staff if you got to. But the fighters deserve to get paid. Well, on that note, take them out. Well, guys, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys about some good old fights. Gosh darn, I love the fights. Um, I think the next fight we have is, like I said, the uh, Cynthia Cavallo fight in... Um, 
uh, versus Jessica I. And is there a is there a there's a good undercard on that one? Uh, the undercard, yeah, Carl Robertson versus uh, Marvin Vittori. Okay, that's they're cool. finally making that fight happen because I think uh, Carl Robertson had to go to the hospital um, during the weigh-ins, and Marvin Vittori had it out for him in the uh, in the uh, in the. Um, in the hotel I seen that I seen that video Yeah, yeah. Okay that's yeah. gonna be Very interesting Hell yeah I like it when they Take a grudge match And make it real I mean you know Make it a fight It's the only sport You can do that Oh yeah. we got Andre Touchy Philly Versus Charles Jordan Don't ask me To pronounce his last name Yeah And then we got um, Edson's little brother Right No Isn't that? No that's Espinosa no? That's Jordan Espinosa yeah. yeah that's his little brother Is it I, No his name is Barboza yeah, this is his little brother. Okay, they just they got they got different dads. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, oh, that's right. He did say his brother was starting to fight. You're right. Okay, so that's gonna be interesting. What's the next? Uh, what's the next uh, pay per view? <laughs> Are you lying? <laughs> he did just say something about family uh, on his last fight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I totally got his name wrong. It just went to go play it off. Oh, that sounds so convincing. I uh, yo, because he was just on his last fight. What, what was his last fight? Or whenever I was watching the Essen Barboza fight, it was showing him in Brazil and him with his, I think his brother was in his corner. Somebody Spanish, uh, you know, forgive me, guys. But somebody somebody just had their brother in their corner. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. All right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so we'll break down that. What's uh, what's the next uh, pay-per-view? Did they got anything listed? I know. No, nothing yet. Nothing yet. I think everything no. after June is going to be, everything for July is going to be in uh, just, fight they don't even have fight the, island. They don't even have the um yeah, uh July is Fight Island. Yeah. Um they did announce fights, but I don't think they're contracted yet. Um be well one of them is contracted because man, you know when we say goodbye, we just mean hello again. Um Shell Sonnen was saying uh I guess he knows one of the fighters very well that's going to fight at Fight Island and he knows that you know when they when they write your contract they state where it is that you're going to fight like okay you know your contract's written you're fighting in Las Vegas Nevada your contract's written you're fighting in Jacksonville Florida so he was like oh shoot you know I you know I know this person fighting I got the scoop I got the scoop well on the contract it says Fight Island so they still don't know where, where Fight Island is. Yeah, I, I just seen the uh, when I seen the Rose Nama Junior's uh, uh, Jessica Andrade um, car a fight done. It just says Fight Island. It doesn't say yep where. So so we don't know where Fight Island is still. Who the hell it's knows? Some Shang Tsung shit. It's in another realm, Louis. Yeah. They're opening up a portal. It's in another realm for sure. It's what they're doing. It's, what Hollywood uh, what is it weird Hollywood evil has told me so. yeah 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 Holly weird evil yeah so as always guys it's been uh, super real uh, try not to get sucked into any portal um, along your journey and as always good night God bless stay away from riffs <laughs> it looks like a riff stay away from it stay away. don't go towards the riff how do you know if it's a rift? It looks like an illusion, okay? The fabric of space and time will flux uncontrollably.